Awesome, awesome. Hey guys, um, this morning is a little bit different because we got one service, so it's good to see everybody in the house together. And uh, everybody's, everybody's here to celebrate uh, Jesus this morning on this Memorial Day weekend. And so a lot of our people are gone to the beach or wherever. I'm just going to tell y'all, I just believe today's going to be special for a lot of people. And we're going to have a hot dog lunch afterwards and it's going to be fun. But I'm just telling you, I believe if you'll come with a, a spirit of expectancy right this, right this next few minutes that God's going to teach you something that he really messed me up with earlier in the week. On Monday, I had this message like planned out and I always do kind of the same thing and I just look back over it and make sure it's what I'm supposed to do. And I really felt led to change it a little bit on Monday and that's very rare. And um, so that's why today, more so than a lot of days, I'm just really excited and I believe God's going to do something big in a lot of your lives. I think there's going to be a mindset shift in a lot of your lives today like there was in mine earlier this week. And so I'm just asking you right now, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. And I know a lot of y'all have a lot of burdens. Um, a burden is like a weight that we carry. And, and um, Peter in 1 Peter 5.8 tells us that we should cast all of our anxieties on Jesus because he cares for us. And so right now, whatever you're dealing with, whatever it is, I just want you to take a second and just get whatever you want to do, kneel, stand, move around, lay hands on somebody. But just let's go to the Lord in prayer real quick. You guys feel free to pray out loud right where you sit. If there's something deep on your heart, you don't have to be uh, what you've always considered as reverent by praying quietly. You can, you can yell it. You can talk out loud. You can do whatever, but just pray right where you sit for whatever it is. God, this morning, in my heart, Lord, there's just a spirit of expectancy. You woke me up in the middle of the night, and I believe uh, just gave me that just little bit of punch in the gut that was good. It was a... It was hope, and God, I just believe this morning that you're going to just help us shift from what we believe that we're doing and what we believe we're supposed to be into what you've created us to be and how we ask in your name. And so, Lord Jesus, I pray that you'll remove the enemy from this house, and I pray that you will um, just open eyes so that we can see you clearly and in a new and fresh way. God, give us a kingdom mindset when we leave this place today. And in all of these things, everything that we've done and the worship that we bring to this house today, we do it for your glory and honor because you first loved us. Jesus, we love you so much because of what you've done and what you, how much you love us. So all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Listen, today is week four of Consider the Source. Week four of Consider the Source. Week one, we kind of talked about what is prayer and, and what is it about. And, and then we did an acronym for pray. Week, uh, week two was praise. The P for prayer or for pray is praise. And then last week was repent. How we truly go to God and repent. Today is ask. I thought about this. This is if you put it on social media, people can run with it. So if people see this and they're like watching it online, someone might run with it anyway. But I can tell y'all because y'all are my people, all right? But I was like, we could title this message, The Big Ask Prayer, right? But if you say that fast, y'all remember the Kmart commercials? It gets a little bit carried away. It gets out of hand if you say that out loud. But like, but like the whole thing about today is asking. Like, how do we ask God how, how did God call us? So uh, let me just ask y'all a question, and I need y'all to talk to me today, so don't sit quietly. Go ahead and start barking at me back and talk to me. How many of y'all have that friend, friend, right, who, or it's probably a family member for some of y'all, that the only time that they call you is when they need something? Just show me your hand today. Some of y'all need to talk back, right? Because, like, when you see your phone and your phone rings and you pick it up, right, and you see that person on the caller ID, you're like... On it, right? Thank the Lord for caller ID, by the way. If y'all, if I screen your calls, that's why, okay? But, but like, if y'all know who it is, right, in y'all's life, that every time they call, you're like, for real? It, it, maybe it's just me. This is how I, I've thought about this before, and I hadn't pulled the, the, the trigger yet, but I'm going to do this, so if you're watching online and this you, then just know that I'm talking to you, right? The next time that these certain people call, I'm going to start answering the phone, how can I help you, sir? How can I help you, ma'am, right? Because, because it's like every time they call, every time, 
I just want one time for them to say, how's it going, bro? It's awesome. You didn't want anything. It's a miracle, right? This is unbelievable. And I feel like, I feel like that's kind of the way that the Christianity has become today. In our culture, the culture of Christianity, I'm not talking about the culture outside of the walls of a church, but inside, it's, it's the same thing. Like, we're talking about prayer, and every time that we go to God, it's really like this. This is my genie lamp, by the way. If y'all didn't know what this was, right? It's Aladdin, okay? Genie of the lamp. No one's talking today. It's awkward, okay? So, but like, but like, it kind of feels like this, doesn't it? Every time, Lord, oh, gone it, I forgot to study, right? If you're a student and you've never done this, you're just a lot better person than me, right? You're on the way to school and you forget when he comes out. Awesome. What's up, God? That's my bad for forgetting. But I know that you're God, right? And I know you raised Lazarus from the dead. And then the Holy Spirit raised you from the dead. And if he can do that, I can make an A on this test, right? Somebody? <laughs> Y'all said amen to that. All right. We're going to have a good day, right? And like, or, or practically, since a lot of us are adults, God, I forgot to do this preparation for this presentation that I've got to do. God, my marriage is falling apart. And I've treated my wife like absolute manure, but fix it, right? <laughs> Come out and do everything. And the mindset that we have oftentimes is, is ask. And, and the problem with that is we don't praise first, do we? When we go to God and we just ask, we don't start with the spirit of praise, telling God how amazing and how awesome. Does he know that he is? Yes, he's God. <laughs> like, we don't have to tell him for him to know. But it just does. He created you, remember, a couple weeks ago? He created you to give him praise. That's amazing. And then we repent. But we skip these two. Maybe this is just something that I've struggled with over the time. Y'all talk to me. Is this the, am I the only one to struggle with this? We just, the only thing we do is ask. Is that right? Right? And so, and so it's just like, the friend that calls you and it's like, ring, ding, 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 awesome, they're calling me again. I wonder what they want this time. And so is it, is it right to ask God for stuff? Like, or, or should we never ask God for stuff? Like, why ask? Like, that's, that's the question today that I want y'all to pose that in your heart, should we? Is this even something that we should do? Well, this is what, listen, in, in the passage that we're reading, Matthew chapter 6, this is Jesus preaching up on a mountain. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. It's the most famous message ever taught in the history of the world. And it's five, six, and seven. Jesus is teaching through all of this. And, and so I'm going to show you something in Matthew 7 of why we should ask. This is what he said. Look at, look at this right here. This is what Jesus said. Ask and it will be given to you. That seems like a good idea. Y'all with me? That we should probably ask. If he said ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find, knock, and it will be open to you for everyone who asks receives and, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be open. And so this is the question, like, if that's the truth, then why do my prayers go unanswered? Right? Why do so many of my requests seem to go unanswered? Does anyone else ever feel like this? Am I the only one? Why do so many of my requests, three people, I appreciate the three people that are honest. The rest of y'all are going, if I say this, he'll know that I'm not spiritual enough, right? Like, why does it seem like when I talk to God, it's just talking to air? It's just like nothing ever happens. I don't understand. What's the mindset? Should Pastor Mark get to the point? What's the point? I don't get answers to prayers and I really need help. So what's the deal? This is what James said. By the way, James, half-brother of Jesus, the guy that did not believe until, until Jesus resurrected from the dead. And then God did a crazy work in his life. And it's an amazing book to read because of that, to realize that that dude believed in Jesus. So maybe this Jesus guy, the half-brother of him, what would it take for you to believe that your half-brother is the Messiah, right? Because that's why we believe. Look, James said, James chapter 4, by the way, you desire and do not have. You ask and your requests don't get answered. Why? So you murder. It's a hard issue. You covet what other people have and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. Wait, 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 pastor. This says that, that, that I want and I've asked for it, but, but listen, this is what he said. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. wrongly to spend it on your own passions. 
You ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. And as Jesus is teaching us how to pray, he said very clearly, our Father who's in heaven, holy and awesome and hallowed is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then he gives us the ask. Give us this day, Lord, our daily bread. Matthew 6, verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. And so is it wrong to ask? No. So what's the problem? Talk to me. What's the problem? We ask wrongly. We ask wrongly. Clearly, this says right here, give us this day our daily bread. So, so it's not wrong to ask. It's not wrong to be the guy that goes to the Lord and constantly, constantly brings him. Cast your anxieties on Jesus. He cares for you. So, so I don't get it. Like, what's the deal? This is what I want everyone to ask yourself. If you're not taking notes, I want you to get your pen and your paper out right now. And I want every person, please, I want every person, every man, this is for you, right? Because we don't take notes. Take it on your tablet, take it on your phone, whatever it is. But write this down. Do your requests, do your asks that you bring to God build your kingdom or God's kingdom? So what, what does that mean? What does that mean? Do your, do, what, what, when what I'm asking God, am I trying to get for me? Am I trying to build up what I am and get more and get farther? Or am I building up for God, for what his kingdom is? Because I'm telling you, that's the mindset shift. I believe strongly, listen, I believe strongly that bold prayers, and I'm talking about like big, crazy prayers, where when you tell people you're embarrassed to really explain it, I've told people lately, I've got a billion-dollar prayer that I'm praying right now. It does not include Mark's kingdom in that billion-dollar prayer. Can I just be honest with you? It's not like because of that billion-dollar prayer, I'm getting a big house on the call. Is there something wrong with a big house? No. There's nothing wrong with being blessed. There's something wrong with that being the ask constantly in my life. If I want and do not have, it's because I want for me. It's all about me, my life, I, always me. And it's not about the kingdom. And listen, this is not by chance that when Jesus taught in parables, that's the stories in the gospels, while he was spending his three years on the earth that we know about him, over and over and over and over, he said, kingdom, 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 kingdom. Your kingdom come, your will be done. We skip that part and we ask for, give us this day our daily bread. Are y'all with me? Amen. Right, and then we say this. Maybe it's just me, but I feel like it's not. God, why are my prayers not getting answered? Amen. And it's because it's my kingdom. It's my kingdom, and I, God, I'll even give you some credit. <laughs> really? Like, how presumptuous of me is that? I'll give you some credit for this. No, it's his, it's not, it's not some credit, it's all him. And he allows me, he allows me as like the mayor of my life, not the owner, but the operator. Are y'all with me? I'm not the owner of me. Listen, this is a big thing. If y'all don't get anything else, get this. All of you are owned by something. All of you are enslaved, and I know it's not politically correct to say that, but it's what it is, so I'm going to say it. All of you are enslaved by something. The question is not, are you enslaved? The question is, are you enslaved by the one that is worthy of being enslaved to, the Lord Jesus, who loves you, who went before you, who is great and greatly to be praised, or by your stuff, or by everything else, because all of us have decided in our heart what it is. And we hear, you're, give us this day our daily bread. Pastor, I'm just praying what he said to pray. No, you've missed the whole point. We ask and do not have because we ask for ourselves. And when we consider the source, look at what this says. When you consider the source, what can you give me? What can you give God? What can I have today? It changes and becomes, what would you have me do? What would you have me do? And this is what is so maddening. And amazing all at the same time about being a Christian, all right? When this is my reality, I start getting the things that I wish I had before I pray the kingdom prayer. Because the blessing of God comes for those who are kingdom-minded people. There is, listen, I walk out of here and know this. There is nothing wrong with being blessed. It is amazing. It is amazing. 
But there's something wrong with being blessed, being what I want over everything else. If I don't want to be a blessing more than I want to be blessed, then it's all about me. And I can put a sugar coat on it and I can preach to you and lie and say, no, it's all about everybody else. But your life declares what the truth of your heart is. And in this right here, what can you give me? What can you give me? Ring. <laughs> hey, God, I'm back. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm going to spend a little time with you today. Let me, <laughs> right? It's the Santa Claus list. I've been naughty and nice, but mostly nice. So I'm going to get my list. Are y'all with me today? Is this preaching to anybody? Like, God, I just need you to give me all this stuff. I really can be content in my life if you'll just give me what I need. Maybe it's just me, but on Monday, this rocked my world, like really messed me up because I just thought this question. When I spend time with God, and I've really tried to make it a good habit to spend a lot of time with God, not so that he gets off my back, but so that he gets on my back. If y'all are with me, he said, my, my yoke is light and my burden is easy. The burden I'm carrying, the yoke that I'm carrying is not good. I want him attached to me, if y'all are with me. I, I, I look forward to those times with the Lord, but when I'm spending time with him, Am I telling him how it's going to be? When I'm asking him, and am, I, am I asking to build this kingdom? It's not a very good one. Or am I wanting to step into what I already am in Christ Jesus and build his kingdom? And this is what's crazy. Is Jesus, if it, I want y'all to go read this. Will y'all do this for me? I want y'all to read Matthew 6, and I just want you to go through it and see what it says because right after this prayer that Jesus teaches, he talks about fasting and how we should fast. And then right after that, he immediately talks about money. He says, don't store up treasures on earth. Moth and dust are going to destroy it. So listen, let me just practically tell you. I'm not preaching this specifically today, but you can have millions of dollars, and this is going to come as a surprise to some people. You're going to die, okay? It might be a while, but you're going to die. All right? And they're going to put you in a box or in an urn or something, and you don't take it with you. And so the only thing that we take with us is what we've done for the kingdom in his name, in his glory, not to earn his favor. You've got as much favor as you can put your mind to in the Lord Jesus, but it's what you've stored up. That is the treasure that will last because it's the treasure of heaven. And, he said, and then he says, you can't serve God and money. You will have one master. You will be enslaved. Remember what I just said? You will be enslaved to one thing, but it cannot be both. It's not an either or. Or excuse me, it is an either or. It's not a both. It cannot be both. And then right after that in verse 25, this is what Jesus immediately goes into as he's teaching. Y'all just picture it on the side of this mountain, right outside of the Sea of Galilee. He says, therefore, I tell you, don't be anxious about your life. This preach is really good in itself, so I'm about to go, y'all know what, <laughs> right here. Because, listen, this is how we pray. This is our ask prayers. God, I'm so worried about I, I need God, I don't have and I need. He says, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat. But, but he just said, give us this day our daily bread. Is he talking about that kind of bread? No, watch this. He said, oh, what you'll drink or about your body or what you'll put on us. Is life not more than food? Is the body not more than clothing? Have I not made you a little bit lower? By the way, this is Psalm chapter 8. A little bit lower than Elohim. That's God, and clothed you in his glory and made you righteous and amazing before him. Have I not made you like that? And then this is what he says in verse 26. Look at the birds. You're not a bird. I, maybe some of y'all can fly. Sometimes I dream that he is me. I got the J's on, so I had to throw in a little Jordan, all right? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. I don't think the birds are flying around going, God, help me. Right? Y'all with me? And yet your heavenly father feeds them. We spend most of our times, God, help me in these areas. Right? Are y'all with me? We spend most of our times, God, I need this, I need this, I need this. Here comes the genie of the lamp. He's going to prepare the way for me today. I did not spend any time praising him. I didn't spend any time repenting of what I had done and the penalty of that, that sin that I had in my life prior to trusting Christ was death. I just spent time asking him for the stuff that he's promised me that I don't need to ask him for. 
and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? For some of y'all that don't know if you are, and for the PETA friends that I have in this room, I love your dog, and I love your cat, and I love your bird, but you're much more valuable than them. Uh, you've got a soul, and if y'all believe that you should pick it over what people wear furs and stuff, and you don't pick it for people that are getting sex trafficked, that, to me, that's much more worthy of putting an X on your hand than if your dog is mistreated. I'm just telling y'all, we, we threw Mike Vick under the bus for fighting dogs, and we let people abuse children and people all the time, and we just look past it. You're more valuable than any animal on this planet. And if we were accurate in how we believe and we didn't look at, I'm just going to say it so y'all just stay with me. If we didn't look at how someone looked and then immediately judged them and based it on what the reality is, human beings, you're much more valuable. Can I just be honest with you? That's what God said. That's not what I said. All right, that's free. That has, that, listen, that doesn't have anything to do with this message, but it's good. So y'all can clap. And which one of you being anxious, worrying about all the time, ask every time you go to God in prayer and anxious, anxious, add a single hour to your life. How many of you can add any time by being anxious? Guys, I'm just, this is, this is not even getting to the point, but this is a good point. Stop. Here's a mindset shift. God's already promised you that you're going to be taken care of. So when you pray to God and you ask him to be taken care of, you're, you're doing a repetitive prayer that is not necessary. God's got you. God trusts you, loves you, and empowered you with his glory, and you don't have to beg him and plead with him that he will give you. There are times when we go to God and say, I don't have, and you said, but that is the difference between God, I hope so, and God, you said so, and I'm trusting you that you've already done this, and that's not even just asking, that's trusting, and that is such a difference. It's almost like we throw up these Hail Marys and be like, I hope one of these stick, right? I'm just going to throw it, and I think the back wall is Velcro, and I'm just going to throw all these Velcro balls against it, and I hope one of them sticks. That's not what prayer is. Prayer is not a close your eyes and hope so and throw it up, and let's, let's, maybe one of them will stick. It's a promise. Did y'all hear the song this morning? I'm holding on to the promises because he's faithful. He's faithful. How do I know that? This is what Jesus said. I've got you covered. If I covered the birds, and then right after this, in 28, he says, think about the lilies of the field. He's clothed them. Grass and lilies, I've clothed them. They're taking care of their good. Stop focusing and asking God for the things that you don't need to ask God for. What about, what about like sicknesses? What about big things? Of course. Of course. We cry out to God in those things. And of course, in situations, there's a story I think is really cool. We talked about it this week. Um, it was a British theologian in the 1800s named George Mueller. And he had an orphanage. He, he had over 10,000 orphans in his time in the 1800s. He died in 1896. And in his autobiography, it says that he would sit down at the table with hundreds of orphans sitting around this table with not one drop of food. This is how you ask God. Okay? He would sit down. Y'all get his autobiography. It's amazing. He would sit down and say, Lord, you said this. And I'm trusting that you're going to provide for us. And I don't know how it's going to happen. But in Jesus' name, I believe. Now that is asking God the way that you should in a kingdom mindset, believing that God is bigger than our, than our hopes. And it's not my kingdom. It's his will and his kingdom that's being done. And he says in his autobiography every single time, There'd be a knock on the door. Hey, our bread truck just broke down and we can't get to London from Bristol. Do y'all want this bread? What do y'all think he said? And who do you think he gave credit to? Why do we not see things like that? Listen, it's because we don't need God. And I'm not arguing that we should be beggars. God chooses to bless. And the blessing is awesome. But I'm telling you, there are times in our lives where God puts difficulties in the middle of our lives and we curse God rather than praise him for his promises, knowing that he will see you through. What God has called you to, he will see you through. And it's because we try on our own to get through all of these things that we throw our hands up and say, I give up. We have prayed prayers for so long that are Mark's kingdom prayers and not God's kingdom prayers, believing and trusting God no matter what we face. That when we face the really difficult, we throw our hands up and say, 
can't do this. It's impossible. And then this is how Jesus concludes this thought in Matthew chapter 6. He says, therefore, don't be anxious. I just told you about the lilies. I just told you about the birds. I've got you. Don't be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? The Gentiles, just think of this as the people that don't know Jesus. Seek after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. So, so what do we do? Like, where's the mindset, su- mindset supposed to shift? Like, what do I do about this? This is what he said to do. But, y'all say it with me. Seek first. The kingdom. This does not say, but seek first all the things that you need, and then the kingdom can go in there with me. Y'all, is that what it says? No. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be, what, what does it say? You'll get them all. That's amazing. Therefore, don't be anxious about tomorrow. Tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. It's got, tomorrow's got trouble covered, right? We don't have to worry about it, okay? Here's what we should think. At the point, this is what Psalm chapter 37, 4 says, and people quote this all the time. The Lord will give you the desires of your heart. But what does it say first? For those who delight in the Lord, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you desire. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these other things. They're already added to you. They're a promise. He's got you. He's got you covered. When you pray, earnestly pray, God, how will you use me? God, I believe because you said, and it's calling out to God in the difficult circumstances. You said, you said, you said. And it's not bully, it's, it's, but, but it's taking this and putting it to the side and allowing him to be the king of your life. The reason so many of us in our prayer lives feel so frustrated is because we pray so that we are satisfied. And we don't pray so that we're greatly used. We don't pray in the mindset of God, you've made me and clothed me in your righteousness and your glory to do great things in your name, to make much of you. And so today, my prayer is that you'll do something more than I can even ask or imagine, like we talked about three weeks ago at the start of this series. In Ephesians 3, I want you to do more. I don't even know what it looks like. I don't believe, listen to me carefully, I don't believe my finite mind can wrap my mind around how big and amazing that God really is. And so I can't properly pray yet. My hope is that I will learn to pray kingdom prayers. Because I think when I put God in a box, I'm doing a major disservice to what we can really do. But can I be honest with you? This is how we change the world. This is how we change the world. It's not your talent that God needs. It's your willing obedience that God needs. And the way that you know if you're willingly obedient is by the way that you pray. Because if the shift that needs to take place in your life is a kingdom shift, and I believe it's probably 90 to 95% of Christians, not just in this room, then don't ask God to greatly use you if, he's, if he gets secondary. So I just want to just show you this in just a second. <clears throat> it's, it's, it's not by chance, I don't think, that God talked about money here. And this is where God kind of shifted me this week. Because money and stuff, and by the way, I I used to say the American church, I don't believe that's accurate. I think this is a church principle in general. That's the thing that pulls us away. Stuff is the thing that pulls us away more than anything else. Here is why I think we don't ask God. Here's why I think we're not kingdom minded. This is it. This right here, this is it. I believe we're not kingdom minded because we so desire the next thing. We so desire all of our stuff. And we miss the point altogether. If you go on a mission trip and you see people with nothing, they still internally have desire for more unless they are truly following Jesus. And the whole thing that he said is seek first the kingdom and he'll give you all these things. There's nothing. Listen, before I read these three verses, there's nothing wrong with having a blessing. There's nothing wrong with being wealthy. Nothing There's nothing wrong with giving to organizations that are fun, that are your your hobbies. There's something wrong with it it when it takes over your whole life and when it's all you dream about. When it's all you think about is what can I have next? What can I get next? What can I build next for me? It overwhelms you. And many of you would say, if you're just being honest today, that's me. 
And, and on our four-point stance, we say we'll be cheerful and generous givers. And here's the verse that we use in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. It says, the point is this. I brought out some seed. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, but whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. I love what the New Living says. The New Living Translation in verse 6 says, Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Now, I brought, this is cat grass. I don't even know what that is. Some of y'all know what it is. Y'all can have it if y'all want it. But if I planted this cat grass and this was good soil that I was standing on, it would cover some of this stage, okay? Some of this stage. Why would it only cover some of this stage? There ain't many seeds, right? Y'all with me? This is a few amount of seeds. If I planted this grass seed, I could cover this entire room. And if we watered it and did our due diligence, the harvest would come and I could have Bermuda grass. We need some sunlight so it's awkward because there's no sun in here. Covering this entire room. The only difference... And there is a type of seed difference, but the point is what you sow in, you'll receive back. Remember back to what Jesus said in Matthew 6? Remember back what he said? He said, don't store up treasures in heaven. So many of us do this. I'm just telling y'all, y'all just hang with me because I'm going to get on a little bit of a rampage for a second, but it's not about any one person. This is about all of us. So many of us come into church. Let's take church out of it. So many of us go into a restaurant And our generosity means you had a $35 bill and you leave $1. And we think, you're welcome. Or they didn't really do that good. So I'm just going to leave them $1 or a note telling them how awesome they are. And we never take into consideration how horrible their life might be or the fact that all hell might be breaking loose in their life. Our generosity just shows up in those ways. I've done a lot of reading lately. We get frustrated that Hollywood is like blessed and all these people have like jets and all these things and are like, how is this possible? Listen, the parable, I'm sorry, the law of the harvest is not just a Christian law. Did y'all know that? Anybody else? Did y'all know that? I just dare y'all because we bash them, man. We bash these people. They're liberals, right? They're the worst people ever. They voted for that person that I dislike. They are notoriously generous. They give so much money away. It's unbelievable. And it's amazing what they've planted in, in generosity, they're being blessed back with. And yet we bash them and we look at ourselves and we say, I don't really have to. I'm giving my time. And we we hoard it all for ourselves and we hold on. I need y'all to hear this right now. I don't want any of your money. So if you walk out here and think this is all a ploy to get money, it's absolutely not a ploy to get money. I'm going to ask you what I'm going to ask you to do in just a second, but this is not about that. I believe that so many of us have held on like this for so long, squeezing tightly, that we will not even consider what God wants to do. And here's what God says that he loves in verse 8. God loves, or excuse me, verse 7. Each one must give. Each one must sow. As he decided in his own heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. giver. Here's an ask that I believe every one of us should consider. God, what would you have me give? What would you have me give, God? So many of us give out of compulsion because they're like, the pastor wants me to tithe. And he says that the tithe is, is what every Christian should do. And while I believe it's a biblical principle and it's a baseline, Here's the problem with tithing. Y'all don't miss this. The problem with tithing is I believe if you get the mindset of I gave my 10% and the 90% is mine, you missed it all together. 100% is God's. He's entrusted you with all of your blessing. And all he asks you to do is be cheerful and generous and sow. And I can just tell you story after story that I won't waste your time with of what God's blessing really does and how amazing it is and dare you to pray, God, what would you have me give of my time, of my stuff and see how much blessing you get in return. It is amazing. I used to read books. There's a book called The Blessed Life. I used to read them and go, 
That's awesome for them, right? I'm not into that. But there's no way they're telling the truth. They just like polled the audience and they found a couple crazy people that would tell a lie about it. I honestly used to feel this way. I mean, like not 20 years ago. And I regret not giving more away much sooner. But I regret more not asking God, what would you have me give? I gave for so long like a tax. It is not a burden like the IRS in your life. It is an opportunity to sow seed in the kingdom for the rest of your life and change the history of the world. So I want to tell you two stories and I'm done. First story, here's why I think people stop giving and why I think people don't ask this question, okay? When I was in the eighth grade, some of y'all knew me in the eighth grade, we had a, a seed spitting contest. I see one person that was with me, okay? Seed spitting contest. Now, if you don't know me or you do know me, I don't like to lose, okay? I'm just letting y'all know. And then some of y'all did play ball with me. And like people had to get called <laughs> that starts with 5-0 and stuff. Like, because we get a little carried away. Somebody say amen out there. I see you looking at me. Like, I like to win. I, I'm going to do whatever it takes now that's legal. <laughs> like back in the day, maybe not. That, because I really want to win. So I got this week. Me and you and some other people, we were doing this wa watermelon, big, huge watermelon eating contest. I took that sucker, sliced it in half, and I'm spitting seeds. How dumb is it, by the way, that I wanted to win a spit seed spitting contest? But if, if, if we're going to play, I'm going to try to win, okay? So I eat and I spit, and I eat and I spit. And I end up eating an entire watermelon by myself. I don't know if that seems like a lot, but it's a lot. Guess what happened after I ate all that watermelon? <laughs> an explosion, right? The volcano happened. Can I just be honest with y'all? When I smell a watermelon today, like you don't, it, somebody said, can I bring a watermelon today? And I was like, y'all can bring a watermelon. Y'all can bring 10 of them. You can cut it. You can make them all look pretty and like put the alligators, you know, and you can cut them out and make the little balls and it's awesome. Please don't get it around me. <laughs> I had a bad watermelon experience. Here's the truth. Watermelon's delicious. I let one bad experience dictate what I feel for the rest of my life about watermelon. And I feel like a lot of you let that happen with generosity. And as a result, you've missed God's blessing your whole life, but you've asked for blessing so long. God, bless me. God, bless me. God, I want to be blessed. And you've never said, God, how can I bless others? God, how can I do the first calling of my life when it comes to generosity and give back to the house of worship that I'm at? And some of you are first-time guests. This isn't for you. Not in this house. But guys, we just found out that we have to give, we have to put in a different heating and air unit next door. It's going to cost about six grand, and it's a burden. I mean, I was like, Ugh, it's terrible. And we had gotten out for nothing, and now we got to pay some money and it's still cheaper than it should have been. It's still amazing. But like next door, I'm going to apologize on the front end. I'm pretty sure 33 people or families gave to the building next door. And um, we raised that much money, but think about how many people missed the blessing because they decided that here, here's what I really believe. They looked and said other people covered it. And so I don't have to worry about it. It's never about that. The church of Macedonia that we're reading about in 2 Corinthians 9 gave so much money, Paul said, stop giving. That's what my goal is for us, that we're so kingdom-minded that we start going, you know what? Once a month, we're going to do kingdom gifts, and it's just going to go out. We pull 10% to the side every week, but this is what we're going to do. We're just going to start pulling some out. Once a month, we're going to do our whole offering. We're going to give it to the community because y'all give way too much. That will never happen until we become kingdom-minded and we say, God, what would you have me give? How would you have me help these people? How would you have me help all these other? What can I do, God? What can I do? And I called the Gamecock Club earlier in the week. There's nothing wrong with being a Gamecock Club member. I want to say this on the front end or IPTA or any other organization. I just happened to call that number because I used to be. For eight years, I was a Gamecock Club member. I had season tickets. <laughs> the only reason I don't now is because I get tired on Saturday nights being in that 175 degree heat in Columbia. Somebody that goes to those games say amen, all right, because it's hot. So we stopped doing it and it's not money, it's because of that. But I just said, hey, how many Gamecock Club members are there and how much money did y'all take in last year? Almost 20,000 Gamecock Club members and right at $30 million in donations. <laughs> That's a lot. That's their kingdom to a lot of people. 
to some of y'all that are Gamecock Club members, it's not your kingdom. You do it for fun, but for some of you, it is. Per person, by the way, you can be a $50 Gamecock Club member and that's included in that number for the whole year. If you look at per person giving, that's $30 per giver per week. Four Points Church is currently giving $23 per giver per week. So this is what this tells me, and I'm not mad at anybody. I don't want to come across angry. But a lot of them feel like their God is better than our God that they serve. And I'm just telling you, <laughs> I'm a Gamecock fan, okay? So I can say this with clarity. They ain't going to win nothing for you, okay? Y'all with me? They're going to break your heart a lot more than they're going to hurt you. And does that mean I'll never be a Gamecock coming member again? No, I probably will be. I'm going to have season tickets again. I love it. It's so much fun. It's not what controls my life. And it's not this. I want my seed that I sow to last for eternity. So I'm just going to tell y'all my prayer and y'all might think I'm awful. And that's okay. Because I'm just going to be honest with you. I prayed this last night and it wasn't for this message. God bless me more than you ever have so I can bless. Give to me so that I can give back more than I've ever given before. I want to try to give more than I've ever given. And the only reason that I want to do that is not so that y'all could look at me and say, you gave how much? Because I'm not telling you how much I gave in a, in a lump sum, one number. If God calls me to something and I feel led, I'll tell you sometimes. But I'm telling you this because that's a kingdom mindset and God has had to shift me completely from even a couple years ago in this area. Here's what I really believe. At the point that a body that gathers together becomes kingdom minded, we change the world. We're so generous, we begin to bless other people outside. We're so generous with our time and with how we pray that we begin to focus on other people more than ourselves. And we say, God, what will you do in me today where I can change the world? Because listen to me, this is it. Inside of you is the hope of glory. Inside of you is the hope of glory. God has clothed you in his righteousness and in his glory. And all that you have to do is walk into what you already are in Christ Jesus. So many of us look at what we are or are not because of what you did or have not done. Stop. Stop that mindset and say this. I am a kingdom man. I am a kingdom woman. God has made me in his righteousness. For every one of you that's a Christian, this is you. He has made me in his image. Am I the only one in here that thinks that through this summer and going forward, we can blow the Gamecock Club per person giving out of the water and next week, we have a plan to build this stage up and build the back and do all this stuff. It's $25,000, and I'm embarrassed to ask. I'm not embarrassed anymore. Many people told me I'm going to give when my tax returns come back. Listen, don't let anything in your past keep you from being generous in the future. We will not, not abuse your money, but if we do, that's, on God. that's between us and God. Don't let us be the watermelon in your life or, or a past experience. Give like you've never given before, but I'm not asking for $1. All I'm asking you to do is, God, what would you have for me? What would you have me do? And stop gritting teeth and start saying, God, how can I bless people in my neighborhood? They're far from God. What can I do? I'm going to cut their grass this week, God, because I want to show that I'm kingdom-minded. I'm going to help that person because I want to show that I'm kingdom-minded. I'm going to go on a mission trip for the first time in my life because I'm going to be kingdom-minded. But you know why I know to do that? I'm not doing it to impress God. I'm doing it because I asked him, what can I do? And he pulled me to do that. You have not because you ask not. You do not find because you, never, you did not first seek. And if we're lucky in the church, we throw down that much and say, God, look what I did today. I'm ready to have a barn full and dump it all out and watch God fill the barn again and dump it all out and watch God fill it again and have to get two barns and then three barns and then four barns. And do you know why that's possible? It's not because this is about prosperity. It's because this is about Jesus who's much bigger than we put the box that we put him in. He is amazing. He is glory. He is hope. And it is time for some of us that call ourselves Christians, little Christ, clothed in him to say, God, I am tired of living this life where every time I talk to you, I'm picking up that phone and I said, well, how can I help you? And I want to be the guy that says, what can I do for the kingdom today? How will you change the world through this guy full of flaws and full of mess ups? I believe that you want to change the world through me. What would you have me do? And that's it. I believe the whole landscape of our community changes when this many people in a room, over 150 adults in a room, look up and say, as for me and my house, 
We're going to serve the Lord. We're going to be kingdom-minded. We're going to say, what can I do to help? What can I do to change the world? It changes everything. This is the invitation. Two things. One, I will commit, Pastor Mark, I will commit to ask God, what should I give? I believe we're going to take up more than $30,000 next week. I know that sounds crazy in a church of 300 plus people, but I believe it's going to happen because I believe for the first time, some of you are going to say, God, what would you have me do? And the second one is this. Many people don't pray kingdom-minded prayers because you don't know the king. And for the first time today, I believe some of you are going to say, I want to know the one that is better than the slave that I'm enslaved to, which is sin and myself and all the stuff in my life. And I want to give my heart and life to Jesus Christ today. Will you pray with me? With your heads bowed and eyes closed, Pastor Mark. Man, I'm going to be honest with you. All this stuff that you just talked about, it wasn't for me because I've never met Jesus. He's not my Lord and Savior. I do not know him. And if I died right now, when I saw Jesus face to face and he said, why should I let you into my kingdom? The truth is I wouldn't have the answer because there's only one answer. To be a kingdom man or a kingdom woman, you have to be adopted by the king. The way that you're adopted by the king is by saying, I trust you. I make you Lord of my life. Forgive me for my sins and for the rest of my life, I'm gonna walk with you. And immediately, he changes everything. So for the first time today, Pastor Mark, wherever you are in the room, I just want you to throw your hand up. That's me, Pastor. I need Jesus to save me. I wanna be a kingdom man or a kingdom woman. I wanna trust Christ as Savior. Wherever you are, I just want you to throw your hand up right now. Don't let anything hold you back because I believe there's some people here today that that's you. And a message about asking, I believe that's you. I need to be a kingdom man or a kingdom woman. I would like for you to keep your eyes closed just for a second. No matter how much you've given in the past, we're not gonna let our past dictate what our future is. Pastor Mark, I will commit to praying, not commit to giving. I don't want you to give for me. If you stand on my word, you will sink. If you stand on God's word, it is the rock that we can stand on. I will commit to praying, God, what would you have me do? What would you have me give generously with money? I will commit to that this week. Will you just raise your hand if that's you? I will commit to give this week. I will ask God, what would you have me give? Many people raise their hands. Thank you. God, what an honor and blessing it is to come before you for every person that is not generous, that just now decided that they didn't want to be a kingdom person still in their lives. And you know who they are. I pray that you'll just break them, Lord, of whatever it is that is binding them and set them free. God, I pray that not one person gives to this church reluctantly or under compulsion. I pray that we do not just tithe so that we get you off our back and we believe that 90% is ours, but we begin to understand that generosity is the starting point. And God, just show us the way. God, I pray that every ask that we have in our lives is to change the world for your glory and honor. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Hey, a couple quick things. I'm going to ask you to stand in just a second. You don't have to stand yet. Um, we're going to have our Holy Ghost Winnie roast in just a second. So I hope that you guys will stick around and eat some all beef hot dogs. Some people ask, are they pork? They're all beef. So if anybody doesn't like beef, then you're out of luck. <laughs> but we're going to um, enjoy ourselves in just a minute. So after I talk for a second, I'm going I'm to pray. Um, and our people are going to get up uh, that are preparing it in just a second and they're going to go out and get ready. So that's what the movement's going to be. But let me tell you all a couple things. If you've recently trusted Christ, even if it was a year or two ago, and you want to learn how to take your first steps, what should I do? I got some questions. I don't know what to do. We're going to have something next Sunday right after church that I'm begging all of you if you're in town to come to. Right after church, we're going to have food as soon as the second service is over. It says it right there. First steps on Sunday, May 31st. We'll have some child care. You can sign up today at Next Steps. Please, for real, plan on staying. You're going to help us create our future classes and what to do.
but we're going to have time of Q&A and we're going to have a little bit of teaching that's mixed in with it. But we want to begin to help you take your next steps, your first steps, honestly, and what you should do as a follower of Jesus. And there's many of you in this room that have recently trusted Christ. Please plan on staying. Move whatever you got to move. We're not going to stay all day. I want to go home too. <laughs> so, but just plan on staying with us. It's going to be an awesome time together. If you're a guest with us today, we are honored for real that you decided to come to our Holy Ghost Winnie Rose today and enjoy uh, this day of worship together. But we want you to go to our VIP room right after it's over. Before you get your hot dog, we got a gift for you. And we want to meet you out there in the lobby and in our VIP room. If you want to give, if the Lord pulled you today and said, here's what I'd have you do. There's, there's uh, offering envelopes right in front of you. You can give it our online, or excuse me, you can give online or at our giving center in the back. There's kiosks. And then there's a text to give number that'll be on the screen behind me. Don't ever, please listen to this. Don't ever give out a compulsion. If I don't give, they're going to be mad at me. I ain't mad at you. I really don't ever want you to give $1 if you grit your teeth. But I just do want you to know this. That is a sin problem, and it's deep-rooted sin, just like my watermelon I don't believe is a sin problem. Some of y'all would disagree. You should eat watermelon. That's a sin. But it's very similar. You let a bad experience one time dictate your lack of generosity. God is not going to bless your life. Money, by the way, is neutral but when you hold on to it and believe it's yours it becomes evil in your heart money is not evil don't ever let someone tell you money is the root of all kinds of evil it's the love of money that's what jesus said and when you hold on to it and don't give it away it overwhelms you give it away even if it's not to this house give it away give it away give it away now y'all are welcome for that too all right what else did i miss let me see go ahead and throw them up josh if there's something else up there because i'm really good at this Hey, listen, baptism coming up on Father's Day. Some of y'all need to get baptized on Father's Day. It's going to be a crazy, awesome day. We're going to baptize more than 20 people that day. Thank y'all so much again for coming. We love you. We're honored. We're going to rock out the anthem right now. As soon as the anthem is over, we're going to go out and we're going to start eating. So y'all go out there, get your chairs, get everything. You can come back in here. Do not go into there, okay? Don't go into the kids' area, but you can eat out front. You can eat back in here. You can eat outside. It's nice still. God, what an awesome day it is to serve you and glorify you. Our prayer today is not that you'll bless this house, but that you'll bless us so that we can change the world in your kingdom. Your kingdom come, Lord. We know that you've already promised us these things, and so thank you for this food that we're about to eat. But everything that we do is for your name and your honor and your glory. And all of these things we all say as a collective body together in Jesus' name. Y'all stand up and let's worship. <laughs>